everybody is like law enforcement, law enforcement. Yeah. And I was like, I want to become a dancer and work a nonprofit. And they were just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another solo interview podcast <laughs> throwing tantrums uh today we got a different person you know that's kind of the point of these solo, solo podcasts uh you might also be watching this in a move group grow podcast because you know i have a million podcasts and it just gets cross pollinated crossing swords of sorts for you know and i want to make sure that you guys get all the value out of it without having to redo it so if it's your first time hopping onto this podcast my name is emroy your host <laughs> Uh, <laughs> founder of a social media company called Vision Paradox, founder of Temper Tantrums, and today we have Brandon. So the purpose of these podcasts, especially these solo ones, is to get to know the members of the dance company a little bit more beyond just the dance, which is one of the reasons I'm doing these solo episodes. So today, Brandon's going to be sharing a little bit of his origin story, and yeah, we'll take we'll kick it off from here. Brandon, give the, some of the people... A little bit about who you are, your origin story, how you got into dance, why you suck at dancing, but I tolerate you anyways. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. I agree with all of that. <laughs> um, well, my origin story, a long time ago. <laughs> Back in uh, 1971, I was born. Wow. <laughs> in 1968, I was born. My, and... my mom and dad met. <laughs> Back in, I don't know what year, but my parents barebacked and I came. So, hi guys, I am Brandon Bersiaga and wow, my origin. Are we starting from like where you, I was Like how did born? you, no, we don't have to go that far. Maybe like okay. where, I guess, city you were born and then how you, then cut to discovering dance. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so I was born, well, I was born in Upland, but raised in Ontario. The boring one, not the cool one, not Canada, Ontario, California, where <laughs> people told me to go back to Mexico every all the time and when people were anti-LGBT and everything else. Prior to all so, this happening. Yeah, prior to any of this happening right now, it was just the normal in Inland Empire. But yes, yeah, so I was born there and raised over there. I went to a private school from preschool till high school. It's Catholic school? And I went to Catholic and Christian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I went to a Catholic preschool. No, no, a Christian preschool, a Catholic kindergarten through ninth grade, and Christian high school. So, Whoa. Yeah, my whole life, I was private school. Dang. So you were under like religious rule in a sense, and oh like, yeah, totally. So were they? Oh wow, I keep going. I have some, I have questions in my in my head. Yeah, now. totally. So what happened and what got me into dance is and this is the reason I'm saying this is because I went to a little Catholic school in middle school, and it was run by Irish nuns, and they were really strict. But we did have a show and tell day. There you go. And on show and tell, we had this girl that I went to school with named Macy, and Macy, man, she. She was that girl. She had everything. Like she was pretty and her family was rich. And she was just like, and this is my award for my dancing. And this is my award for hip hop. And, <laughs> my award. and every show and tell, it was like, this is my first place trophy. This is my gold medal for this. And I was just like, oh, I hate that she has everything. So 
one day always that dancer that <laughs> one day i decided to go break her legs <laughs> one day i broke her legs and she no longer dances no, I'm just kidding. Um, one day i i i mean of course i love music videos so when i was growing up back when music videos had real dancing in it i was always <laughs> learning the choreography and i was like yo i can kill choreography from a, a damn like music video and no one's teaching me i'm just learning myself so i can be in macy's stuff so challenge accepted and i i went to her dance studio and i took her dance classes and i was like where are you at where are you at now macy i'm in your classes now and um yeah and actually it was kind of like a natural and everybody was the teacher was kind of hard on me but he was still like really cool about it and i was like you know what i could do this but coming from a very strict religious latino family they were just like no dancing dancing doesn't get you money <laughs> Why don't you do something that's going to get you money in life? So I said, no, <laughs> F you. And, and when I was 18, I went to college and I kind of hung out with the like hip hop influenced folk. Like everybody would just kind of sing R&B or danced or graffiti artists and just things like that. So we all kind of just started dancing around and had like little sessions and then I found my ex who was best friends with somebody in dance. Did she know so that you, she was your ex at the time? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I found my ex who was a friend with, uh, their best friend was in a hip hop crew called Groove 57. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. I, 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 that yeah. was a long time ago, back in 2005. But in 2005, I was like, yo, this is dope. Like, this is like super cool and it was like the basic but like real hip-hop moves where it was just like boo wow wow you know you're just like oh my gosh these people are so fire uh, <laughs> body rolls exactly exactly when, when uh, there is an r&b section for every routine totally totally and the moves are all the whole counts like and one two and three four you know oh, you're like yeah. oh my gosh so i was like i can do this and i joined and it's been ever since my my dance career has just been like it hasn't stopped since 2005 and it went into keeping going into other yeah, stuff keep going. Have questions like, just no. like i said there's a couple things that i have in mind but keep going okay so yeah so in little ontario i was dancing in pomona with this crew and we were group 57 and we were just like yo our name's kind of dumb like, why are we called Crew 57? And that was the same with family business before it became family business. We're like, why, why did we do this? And it's just like, it was cool at the time. But the real answer is, for those of the old school people who are watching, is because we grooved by the 57 freeway. That's it. <laughs> oh, wow. So we were called Groove 57. And I was like, yeah, that's not cool. Like, we're not, we're not cool. Because we started getting bigger. So we just said, how do we change the name but keep who we are and we just said let's just take all the vowels and numbers out and it became grv mm -hmm. so that's how grv became a thing and or that that really launched all my dance kind of stuff i mean grv is a huge yeah like world traveling dance hip-hop company right now but it also gave a lot of opportunities for me to perform on so many stages and to really just kind of be one of the pioneering kind of influencing crews in the street hip-hop community in the dance community at least so i pursued 
dance professionally because I was like, you know what, I can do this. And somehow, some way, thank you, Lord have mercy, I, I booked one of the top agents in LA, Jim, Jim Keith. And he's he used to own what was called DDO, which mm. is now, oh GTA my gosh. Or MTA? MTA. Else. Okay. Yeah. So who is now MTA. But yeah, I was just like, yo, I booked this. I have an agent. Like, that's crazy. So I was traveling from Ontario to LA for auditions all the time. But <laughs> I know that it was like a three hour drive sometimes yeah. because of traffic. But I mean, it totally pushed my career because I've seen and I've auditioned and booked like just random things. So like auditioning for people like Pussycat Dolls and and who else? J-Lo and Beyonce. And I mean, just to name a few, like I've got to dance either in front of them personally or with their choreographers like Rich and Tone and Fatima. Oh my gosh, Fatima. If you guys know who she is, she was named one of the best choreographers of the century. Wow. Um, look her up. She's been around for decades. She's this beautiful, strong, powerful black woman that commands attention and I'll never forget, I was like, oh, I'm a professional dancer. And Fatima was like, uh, no, you're not. Because she taught the piece and auditioned in 13 minutes. Wow. And I was like, what is happening? And I remember just something like that. Oh, It was crazy. It was like, okay, it's going to go one, two, three, four. Okay, again, one, two, three, four, moving on. And I was like, moving on? Like, wait, what? Like, what is happening? And then... After a couple of eight counters, like, okay, play the music. Groups, no, no, yes, no, no. And I was just like, whoa. And my mind is blown. And then I was like, I'm not a dancer. I'm not a dancer anymore. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a horrible person. I remember um, uh, yeah. one of my first, like, when I was going out to auditions, I remember that was one of my first, not my first, one of the crazy experiences. Like, someone, like, taught an entire, like, eight eight counts in 10 minutes. And then you're like, all right. <laughs> audition time <laughs> right and, and then working with machine when they had uh, hit the floor with mm-hmm. the my first day in rehearsal i had to learn an entire maybe eight or ten eight counts of breaking choreo in 10 minutes and he was like if you can't keep up you can't be doing this yeah like, machine fuck i need to get this breaking choreo i'm also yeah. not a b-boy <laughs> seriously no like I, I mean we worked with machine too and i worked with machine on that one gig he was no joke, man. It was like this, this, and this. I said it's this, this, and this. And you're just like, I'm stupid. Why am I so stupid? Like, you know, like it's, yeah. I mean, the industry can be can be crazy, but it definitely trained me to just expect anything. Like I've gone to auditions where typecast is a thing. Hmm. And that's why I kind of, I kind of had an issue with my old agency at that time because um, they kept on sending me to all these auditions that didn't fit me. So like when he sent me to Beyonce, I'm like, yo, Beyonce wants like buff, sexy, beautiful black men. And I'm none of the above. So like, don't <laughs> send me to this audition and like have me, you know, it, waiting there for hours and auditioning for hours because they're not going to choose me. Like, let's be real. Yeah. But his thing was always like, well, you know, well, you're going to get seen. You're going to get seen. You're going to get seen. And it's like, that's cool, too. Um, yeah, yeah but, that, there's that. But it's like almost like you could have been doing something else. Yeah, no, like, more applicable. Like, yeah. give me Disney stuff because I can play young. I can look young and be like, "We're all in this." Yeah, get, get the fuck you know? out of here. <laughs> but yeah, stuff like that, and that kind of just—I don't know—it just led me from thing to thing when it comes to like professional stuff. It changed my point of view because 
I started getting other gigs that weren't like music artists stuff. And I realized you can still make money doing things that are not that. And that opened up like a whole nother category because mm -hmm. I think the idea of people when they say, oh, are you a working dancer? That means that you have to be on tour. You have to be on movie set. You have oh, to be yeah. on a commercial. And it's like, you can be a working dancer in other ways. Yeah. Like when I work certain gigs, they pay me a hundred dollars an hour. And all I'm doing is freestyling or all I'm doing is, you know, the cha-cha slide or all I'm doing is like, you know, maybe four, eight counts, you know, and it's just like, it's not necessarily a music video, but tell me the next time you got paid a hundred dollars an hour, like, yeah. you know, so less like effort, that. but still getting paid. Exactly. <laughs> less like, stress so of rehearsals. Yeah. It changed my, my point of view of like what a working dancer looks like but like i said i still take everything and i'm st i mean shit i'm still learning myself i still work with small music artists here and there i worked on a video with like kylie minogue i've done like different things so the range of types of gigs that i've gotten over the years has really shaped me to be who i am i always say there's there's ups and downs to each side the dance community and the dance industry mm -hmm. right so the community we're so versatile like we can do tons of shit like yeah. we're trained in like tons of areas and we can throw any music on and it's like okay we're whacking we're locking we're we're it's, it's housing it's it's hip-hop it's um footwork it's you know and we're just like go 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 where industry dancers i don't necessarily feel like they can do that but industry dancers can perform the fuck out of things they yeah. can perform the house down from anybody in the community because their presence I mean, Lord, have mercy. Sometimes you, they just drown anybody who's actually doing the real shit out because they just look that good. Yeah, that that's what blows me away. You, you know Jashan, right? From yeah. Liz? He's, in, he's a part of FanBiz now. And that's oh, dope. blows me away because he's an industry dancer. And when I think of him, I, I'm thinking he's going to shit on every FanBiz dancer. Cause oh, yeah. He's industry and yeah, industry dancers know how to perform. Oh, like yeah. Community dancers, they can perform, but a lot of them are clean. Sometimes... They don't exactly extend their moves, some of them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a third community, too. I, I'm, like, realizing throughout all these years, there's the community, the industry, and there's the underground. Oh, yeah, underground for sure. And so, like, which is a completely different scene. That's a totally different scene. And it's funny because I feel like the real, like, if you trained a little bit or, like, got the underground to be on stage for things, they would win everything. Yeah. I mean, because that's it's why. so raw. It's so raw and it's so like performance based. And it's, I mean, they're usually the ones who have the tricks, who have the power moves, who have the the wow factors to performances. Hence, back in what the ABDC days, America's Best Dance Crew days, the street crews, in a sense, were the winners. Jabawakis had breaking training, but also were affiliated with Culture Shock SD, so they had choreography training. Quest Crew was also formerly part of Six Step. And they also, yeah. that means they had choreography, but they also had a lot of breaking. Same thing with Super Crew, which is probably the only, I would say, true, quote unquote, traditional breaking crew that won it out. So Yeah, totally. Yeah. So but I mean, I, each that, that's a good thing too. You, you mentioned all the different crews, but like, it's all what you take from it, right? So like, yeah, I came from GRV, which took me a lot of my hip hop stuff. And like, it introduced me to Crump and it introduced me to like Buck and like things like that. But then I've done groups like Breed, which is very like also Ooh. industry choreography and un working under Elm. Elm was is really, I mean, 
the moves were very industry, but it's also so clean with a taste of community still, which I loved. So like working under Elm was great. I've done Natural State. I've done... Wow, Natural State. I worked with... I was on the adult crew called Neon under D-Main from the 323 Army. No, they... Yo, 3-23... 323 mm. check them out ridiculous 323 area kids so stupid oh, I, i've heard of area kids yeah that's them 323 oh area kids. shit yeah i was on the adult team of that and like that training was ridiculous and it's like danny who's the choreographer for that company at that time just trained me in such a weird way that i was like what are you talking about like it would be doing these random things where you're like you're just gonna go like boop 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 and i'm like that's stupid but then we all did it and i'm like why did that look i mean you just changed my whole point of view now so again if you just really as a smart dancer picks things and learns from every kind of style to like i always say moves are like books right so it's books that you put into your library you can always refer back to them because it's going to be similar to something like when you write a research paper right you have different references which are those moves that you learned in the past yeah like that's why sometimes you hear dancers are like, oh, yeah, this is I learned this from X, Y, Z teacher or, you know, because mm-hmm. it's uh, I think it's also important to know the history of the movement or anything, especially since during this time, acknowledging the BLM movement. That's not so yeah. Bad. Acknowledging BLM, the whole term hip hop dance or organ choreography or or people knowing their history of hip hop dance or culture in general, people mm-hmm. it, People are really getting called out if they truly know, support the movement mm-hmm. and like, or support, like if you're, if you are a hip hop choreographer or a teacher, then you should also be technically in a sense supporting BLM because it yeah, is totally. black culture. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. And I think that's one of the things that I always, that for a long time was called out from the older generation is like, you got to know your history. You got to know your history. Yeah. And even more so now it's been amplified, especially people who are, uh making money off hip-hop or hip-hop culture in general yep it's kind of like where you at now yeah so going back to your high school like was it like choose your words wisely was it hard was it easy was it fun was it (laughs) shitty (laughs) was it like very uh i I, want to say my the word coming out for me is roman ruled but like very rigid like for i guess self-expression oh well, let me tell you this. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories from my high school. So I went to a Christian high school in Ontario. Again, Ontario where it's small-minded, very narrow-minded, okay? So yes, we had uniforms. Mm-hmm. So you could accessorize and kind of do what you wanted to, sort of. Like you could wear like your own sneakers and you can wear like your own jackets and jewelry and things like that. But when it comes to rigid, I think of a different type of rigid so two examples i was friends with everybody i've always been that guy that can just talk to and hang out with anyone i don't care where you're from what you look like anything i'm just are, friends with everybody from, what you did as long as you <laughs> as long as you love me but yeah so Brandon's when it comes to too, in case you guys didn't I, know that. I actually i'm actually gonna release a little song a little bit later this month but you'll see oh. so when it comes to that school i'll never forget being that i was friends with everybody I started realizing that not everybody liked that I was friends with everybody. So I had a, and this is very, very honest. I had somebody once tell me, you're kind of all right. You're not a bad person, but you'd be better if you didn't hang out with the gorillas talking about all my black friends. Ooh. 
And I was like, what? And it was a crazy like culture shock because I went to the same school from kindergarten to eighth grade. It's, it's all one school. So I grew up with all my friends of all different nationalities and backgrounds and everything. So I was the only person from my school to go to my high school. And I was like, oh, it's a Christian school and da 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 Christian my ass, like what the hell? Like I was just shook because I was like, I've never really experienced racism like that. So I was kind of like, what do you mean? And they're like, you know, that person or that person. I'm like, what the fuck? Those are my friends. Like, you know, so that kind of tripped me out. One, two, I'll never forget this story in my religions class. Okay. My religion class. I'll never forget. My teacher was Mr. Vandenberg, Mr. Vandenberg. We were in a religion class and they were talking about something about like being gay in the Bible and things like that. So me, I'm bi, but I was in the closet for sure in high school, Mm -hmm. but I'll never forget there was these two guys that said, hey, Mr. Vandenberg, so you know how we just read this verse and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah. They said, yeah, me and -and so-and-so, we were driving down the street one day, not too long ago, and we saw this gay guy, and uh, we wanted to follow him home so we can burn him in front of his house so his parents can see what an abomination they had for a child. Whoa. And... I would say, and the classroom is full. There's probably like about maybe 30 people in the classroom. Fucking. And I would say maybe two people were like, shut up. That's not right. Da, da, da. Everybody else was just kind of like laughing or quiet, including the teacher. The teacher I thought was going to be like suspension or go outside or, you know, exp- like whatever. No, he just said, you guys don't talk like that. That's not right to talk like that. And everybody oh was God. like making a joke of it. And I was like, whoa, like. This is my Christian high school. Like this is where in my religion class of all classes, my religion class, we're talking about God and, and love and everything. And we just had somebody say they want to burn their, this person in front of their house. Dude. Like, <laughs> you know, the hypocrisy. Right. That sounds like a super passive teacher, man. Yeah. 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 Uh, fuck. Let's go back to you going from Ontario to LA or you getting your agent and like kind of how your parents dealt with you like become choosing to become an artist instead of lawyer or doctor like yeah. how that, what was that conversation like oh that's still a conversation that's the thing oh <laughs> um, wow yeah no it's funny because i love my family but they are very much so we're, we're privileged like i come from slight money so our family call them whitewash latinos so we're latino but the thing is so my grandma came from the barrio which is like the low-key kind of hood, right? Mm-hmm. But my mom and their generation made their own money and now they're all like high and mighty. And it's funny because <laughs> now that they have their money, they're definitely like, oh, we're like, we've, we're like white people now. Like we like made it. We don't need to like, you know, they kind of like almost look down on like the, the like Mexican or like Latin culture. Cause it's just like, oh no, no. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, what the heck? Like grandma was in the fucking video. Like, don't tell me what you, you know, where you guys came from. So when it comes to things like that, not only did we they do that, but our family is very like law enforcement based. Like I have an uncle who's a retired sergeant of um, the prison. I have another uncle who's retired captain of the CHP. My cousin's a San Diego PD. My sister's a CHP dispatcher for 911. My I have a great aunt or something that's like a judge. My cousin's a probation officer. My cousin and her husband are both DAs. So it's like everybody is like law enforcement, law enforcement. And I was like, 
I want to become a dancer and work a nonprofit. And they were just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, what? So I was always the black sheep because everybody's very clean cut and very like, you know, we're Latino, but, you know, not really. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not, you know, like, and I, I have tattoos. Like when I got all my tats and like all my chest, they were just kind of like, why did you get yourself? Like, why you look stupid now, you know? And I'm like, no. So how are you going to get a job? Exactly. No, that's funny. That's totally a thing. But yeah, I mean, it was just kind of, I've always been the black sheep. So when I, they said, you know, if you want to make money trying to dance, I guess, but not really like you're, how long is that going to last for, you know? But what's funny is the second I booked a job, they were the first people to be like, oh, you know, my son's in this music video, da, 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 da. And I'm like, of course. You, you can't be no, no, you can't be showing me off and being all like, oh, look at my son. He's on TV or look at my son. He's in this music video because I'm like, you were just talking shit saying like dance. He's not going to get you anywhere. Da, da, da. My parents still tell me they're just like, when are you going to stop dancing? When are you going to stop doing all this? I'm like, I, when I stop making money, what the hell? Like, no, like this, I'm still making money, you know? So I think it's, it's always just going to be this push and pull of, you know, you're not why are you doing this? You know, eventually your knees are going to get bad. Eventually your body's going to break down. And I'm just like, sure. But eventually that can break down doing anything. I'd rather do it, you know, rather doing it something that I'm, I'm happy doing, you know? Yeah. People's bodies break down sitting in front of a computer all day. Totally. So bad back or yeah. yeah. So no, fuck that. I mean, I think that's one thing that, that that's interesting because a lot of jobs have a clear clear-cut way of getting there like go to school all this other stuff get the nine to five yeah. do you think because i don't think i've ever asked this question are you guys ready are you guys ready, are you guys ready? oh are we ready <laughs> Drum roll. but do you do you think the artistry life will ever have its own clear-cut path you know because for the hustle is real for dancing like people coming out here out of state side jobs or her like fucking auditions side jobs auditions or do you think that you know so i'm gonna break that into two separate parts so when you said side jobs and hustles yo i've been hustling since i was like 16 like i'm i've always had a job and then my side hustle whatever so especially when it comes to to dancing i mean dancing really is a hustle and that's a major reason why i couldn't do my dance agent a lot because the, the true like industry dancer life is not fun that chasing a check and hoping that you get booked so you can hope that you paid your rent or you can hope that you eat this week that is not fun so after i realized i was like oh no like this is not okay so i'll never forget the, the conversation between me and my agent was he was like you know you got to go to this audition and i said i can't make it because i have work and he's like well you know, you have to choose one or the other. What are you trying to do? And I said, work. And he's like, well, you have to go to this audition. I said, no, work, because my job is a guaranteed check. There's no, I hope they're going to give me a check. It's, I went to work, you're going to pay me. Mm-hmm. So I have to do, I have to choose that. So when it comes to the, the hustle, I understand that. So when you're talking about, you know, how, is there going to be a clear path? The answer is going to be no, because like I said, there's different types of working, right? So some people may not be the, the touring type or the music video type, mm-hmm. but you're still kind of like a working dancer when it comes to side gigs, you know, like performances, entertainment. Yeah, when it comes mean, to, I mean, look up, I have tons of friends in Disney, like that's not on tour, but they have a steady check and they mm-hmm. have all these gigs. Well, 
pre-COVID, but pre-COVID they had all these gigs, you know, just entertaining yeah. and stuff like that. So I, I don't think I think it's really kind of whatever you make it. Yeah, it's true. Like, cause even for me, when I started pursuing dance a little bit more, 2014, I think that's where we kind of reconnected in the Rose Parade. Yeah. And then after that, not too long after that, I auditioned for a company called Antics, which mm-hmm. is a hip hop theater company, and I've never heard of that. Yeah. Like, you get to tour. You're the star. <laughs> you get yeah, right. Paid rehearsals. Like at the time, it was like 15 an hour for rehearsals, and you get paid. It's like this is a common conversation I've had with many dancers who've been in the industry that like there's, it, it's going to look different for everyone. It's, a, it's super important that you find something that you resonate with. Like, like what Brandon said, like not everyone is going to be a tour dancer or music video or gonna, like mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like for me, I found like my, I'd say, I'm not saying niche, but like I vibed most when with that hip hop theater company. Or just being on stage because as cool as it is being on set, it's even better to be on stage when you're the star. <laughs> yeah. So and that that's what turned me off. I, I didn't want to be like a, a behind someone performing, and I want I wanted to be the quote unquote star, which is why I love. The, yeah, the, I understand that like totally. Which is why, like I said, I still work with some small music artists here and there, and I always tell the artists like, look. If you're a music artist or you want to be one, just listen. You suck. Quit. You're not a dancer. Mm. And that's okay. You're a singer. That's fine. You have backup dancers to make you look better. So <laughs> that job will always be a thing. So I'm always working with artists and I'm like, you don't have to dance. Like, you're not going to be Beyonce. You're not going to be like this person. I, it's okay. It's okay to not do that. So those jobs are okay because you have to make someone else shine. But as far as what you're saying is like being the actual person shining, it's something different. And I think I found that also in my other company um, before I quit, which is uh, Core, the Core Dance Crew. Mm-hmm in a very different way, right? I don't know. So those of you who don't know what core is, the core dance crew was my old dance crew that we are all professional dancers, but we cosplay. So we're the first ever and still the only cosplay performance dance crew. So it sounds kind of nerdy and cheesy, but we found like a little weird a great niche, niche that just, that's it. Especially so since we're, geek culture is so huge. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so I've, I've had the honor of performing for Stan Lee. I've had the honor of performing at Comic-Con and um, Anime Expo and WonderCon. And, I mean, tons of things and, like, meeting all these people backstage and performing at these as the kind of, like, halftime performances at all of these conventions. And I did it for five years, and it was amazing. And that kind of way is interesting because you have, like, people, like, fans that, like, love you as, like, the dancer they're like yo this person is my favorite and people will follow you like we had our own virtual convention um last month Mm -hmm. and i was tripping out because a bunch of fans from all over the world got together and made a thank you video to send to us wow and i'm like what and i'm talking like different like somebody was in israel somebody was in in germany somebody was in uh japan and they all edited the video to make a thing for us and i'm like i have fan like watch i have this one fan that like they like make pictures you can't really see uh, they like 
yeah, like fan art of like me. I've had people like cry, giving me a hug and just be like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm hugging you. And I'm like, I am literally nobody. Like I'm just a skinny brown guy in the corner. Like you can relax. It's fine. Like let's have a conversation. But yeah, I mean, that's a totally different feeling from like being, you know, a backup dancer for a pop artist or something like that. You know, they're, you're going to look cool, I guess, but nobody's going to be like, oh my gosh, it's, you know, it's Emeroy, the backup dancer for the artist. Like, you know, it's you're certainly it's not be getting any airtime on the, on, you know, the focus isn't on you on the Super Bowl exactly. performances and it looks cool, but some, I don't know, sometimes the gigs don't exactly pay you that much. Totally. So that, it's, it's for exposure. Exposure. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's really badass. Like, that's why I like, I think the genius of Core is like, it's, it's practically dominating a niche. It's the only one that exists and which makes sense to the fan base, I think is well-deserved. You didn't oh, like, yeah. the, you didn't like the fan art I made you the other day. <laughs> that I said to I the group you. chat. <laughs> I hate you for that. I was like, like what? Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I think it was, the, I drew that when my internet was down. So I was just drawing, uh, I was just looking through people's Instagrams. I was like, I need like, you know, cause those of you don't know, I used to be an animator and part of my, I guess the key way to keep my skills sharp was to do gesture drawings, which is just drawing people in poses. So <laughs> I was looking through the, the, the roster of people. I drew you, I drew Jordan, I drew Rika, Jamie, and I, everyone else is, didn't really have good like poses, so to speak. Like, cause you, cause you guys had like model-ish poses, which is very strong and fun to draw, but people are, that are like, like all like peace signs, like boring. So <laughs> I'm actually finishing up that that drawing. I'll send it to you once it's done. I hate you. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what? You know what that photo is from, right? That drawing. Oh no! Uh, I never. I never sent you the full drawing. No. I just sent you the one of the head, and it says I'm better than you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I hate you. Okay, so okay, I want to talk about your your other dance company. Yes. <laughs> you have millions of dance companies. <laughs> Let's talk about right. foreplay. Oh I yeah, th- I think that's genius too. Like foreplay is. Oh, so let me talk about foreplay. Come with me on this sexy, sexy <laughs> journey. All right. Oh, should I hold on? Uh, cue the, cue the Turn all lights red. Oh, damn. <laughs> so let me tell you about this company called Foreplay. No, yeah. So Foreplay is, it's been a dream of mine for a few years. And of course, of all, of all the years that I'm like, hey, I'm going to have the balls to do it. COVID hits. Yay. It's still going to happen. I'm still, it's, it's going to be a thing. But essentially, I mean, let's be honest, sex sells. So... I was like, you know what? I have tons of friends who are like female, like burlesque dancers or who do like these kind of sexy shows. And I'm like, guys can do that shit too. So what I'm going to do <laughs> is like, I know, right with them. <laughs> guys can do that shit. So no. So I, I essentially, what I'm doing is I'm merging the pussycat dolls, but the Vegas one, like when they were working in the bar and it was okay. like a club show. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the pussycat dolls meets magic Mike. Hmm. Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit more like choreography based, but males, different, all kinds of different styles. So like, you know, I want all shades of males, all sizes of males, all styles of males to just kind of be. But side note, knock on wood, hopefully I have a proposition (laughs) for Pride. LA Pride is potentially 
interested um, yeah. in having us be like their main stage performers. I, I kind of just like their their ambassadors, if you will, for all of their events for their stuff. But they want girls. And they're like, oh, if it's an all guy thing. And I was like, wait, I can do girls too. Hold on, hold on. Um, I can make a girl thing too. I am bi. So I can <laughs> right, me too. I'm bi. I can do both. Sure, sure. No, but um, yeah, I definitely, I was like, wait a minute. So I'm actually getting some business plans together to see if they're interested in taking me on um, and taking the company on. But it's supposed to be for next year, maybe, hopefully, if it goes through, if they like it. But, I mean, that's a whole other thing, too, because of COVID's being extended. So now it's like... It's so in de- and unsure when it's even going to end. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's just a whole thing. So, yeah. But it's okay, because regardless, it's going to happen, whether it's going to be this year or next year. I'm like, nope, four plays it, it's going to happen. Yeah, that's a really good opportunity. It's a, it's a shame, because I, I think it was supposed to happen this year, right? Like, yeah. Supposed- oh, man. I already have all the names of people I want to invite to audition and I have like the songs that I would like to choreograph to. I'm like, I'm ready. I have money saved up for like studio time and everything. I'm like, nice. I can't believe it just happened like right now. It's good in a sense because now you get to like have a little bit more money ready for the next thing. Totally. Refine the plan and so we can execute it. And in case you guys didn't know, Brandon's also one of the people that fucking pushed me to create Tem- Temper Tantrum. <laughs> we had this very, when was it? In January. We had a, we were doing a, we were freestyling in downtown LA and one of Brandon's friends was there and another friend member, Chris, uh, we all, we call him Tabasco, was there and we had a very like long three hour conversation of why it should be a company and uh, yeah so temper tantrum and for you members listening make sure you give props <laughs> to tabasco <laughs> and brandon for having that sit down and chat <laughs> so yeah it, it was there. needed so it's kind of the yeah like they, they are the reason why temper tantrum and even this podcast is existing and i think and i view us as like I don't know. You you put it perfectly. We're like a super family friendly, yeah, company. Because the way and you I think, guys yeah, I, I think um, so. People who are listening or watching, I think the thing to keep in mind is, and this is not just for us. This is for anyone. This is even for you. So the thing the thing to keep in mind is, once you find your tribe, stick with it. Mm. Your your tribe is your vibe, and I feel like it was effortless. Like when it comes to dancers, when it comes to casting for jobs, if you've ever been a choreographer before, you have to cast not only good dancers, but dancers that will mesh well together. Oh yeah. There's been many times that I've seen gigs where the dancers are great individually. They're fantastic <laughs> as, you know, and then together it's like, <laughs> what happened? Cause you're all amazing, but it's not, it's not great, you know? Yeah. And on top of that, you may be great performing wise and people treat things like a job. I mean, it is a job, but it's different to treat it like a job. Nobody wants to just go to work and come home. People want to go to work and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what was happening with the cast. Like everybody was just kind of like, I don't know who you are. My name is so-and-so. I love your outfit. I love your dance. Oh my God, you're amazing. You're amazing. And then it was just the end instead of like, because I feel like a lot of dancers are like, you know, I'm good. Let's see how good you are. You know, and nobody had that attitude. It was just like, it was the correct amount of talent and inspiration that we got from each other. It was Mm. just kind of like, you inspire me to be better. You inspire me to be better. Perfect. Now everything's great. You know, so I think that's kind of why it became a thing. And I feel like that's what people are, 
people should search for, but then also kind of like use that inspiration. Like again, first off, Emroy didn't want to do this, but it's like, yo, it's right in front of your face. For like months. it's right here. Just take it. <laughs> The opportunity is right here. Take it. And I mean, think about how many times that you've had an opportunity where things just felt right or you wanted to do it, but you were like, maybe I shouldn't. Like, no, take that opportunity because, I mean, for God's sake, look what we're in right now. We're in a damn pandemic. So you might not have that opportunity again, you know, like take that opportunity and take that chance and just really like find what inspires you. You and I know the experience of building something from the ground up, especially with dense companies and crews. Yeah. And I think it was, you're definitely on point. Like, it's right there. It's almost like when you're talking, it's almost like, you know, people get into these relationships or it's like, oh, is this too good to be true? Yep. And they self-sabotage it <laughs> before yep, they even give totally. it a shot. <laughs> you teased about uh, a, a song coming out. I'm not bringing that up exactly, but I think when we did another video, previous video, you said you used to do singing. Yeah. So before I was a dancer, I was a singer and I went to school and I had all my scholarships for singing. And oh, shit. Yeah. And when I actually got into college and everything, all, like all my medals, all my awards, everything was for singing. And then when I found dance, like I said, and when I was 18 and I graduated high school, I was like, I like dance. And my, my parents were kind of like, wait wait a minute hold on and i was just like i think i like dance and they're like well that's good but you like singing so let's go back and i was like i think i like dance more and they're just like you have all your scholarships for singing like you cannot just stop and i was like watch i'll stop so i yeah. just completely stopped and i, I pursued dance because i was like yo i can find more jobs dancing than i can singing so i just pursued true, that more true. but i feel like that little hole is missing i sing all the time in my car or like out and about but I have a few friends who are on Broadway. Oh, um, hey. I, I have I have two friends, a really close friend of mine who's amazing. She and her, her um, boyfriend were in Wicked. My friend actually was Fierro. If you guys have ever seen Wicked, so Fierro is the main guy character. Mm -hmm. He was Fierro in Wicked. And they live not too far. They live like 10, 15 minutes from my house. And we were just talking last week. And he's going to help like record and produce like a cover song that I want to do and I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm ready and I haven't I've never posted a singing video ever but I'm like you know what hey. now's the time I just want to go back to my to my roots like I want to go back to singing and he's going to be playing the guitar for me and producing and like recording my stuff so we have to just figure out well first of all he has to learn the music and then second of all I have to figure out a time or a day I can go over and uh, record and I'll be posting that soon. So I'm kind of like nervous because I've never posted a singing video unless it was like from my old school choir when I was like younger. But yeah, I've never posted that. So I'm kind of kind of scared, but kind of kind of excited because it's my old joy, my old inspiration. Yeah, that's great. That's wild. I'm guessing you stopped singing before the whole social media thing became huge, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Back yeah. in my day when I was singing, it was still MySpace. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> then MySpace, before, prior to MySpace becoming a music, real big music thing, what do you call it? What, what kind of music would you normally like to sing? Like, if you pursued it, would it be like, would you be R&B? I feel like you would be an R&B singer. You know, it's funny. So we talked about this in the other podcast. So my old school origin from when it comes to singing was like pop rock. I was more like my... My tone, I sound very like yellow card. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I, I remember in the, the last Rose Parade, you started singing 
fuck way away yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. or ocean, ocean avenue ocean avenue yeah like <laughs> I was thinking that too. I was like, damn, he's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's where my voice actually kind of like sits. And it's funny because back in the day, side little note, I used to be in a band called Initial Purpose. Um, so <laughs> was it emo pop? You like It was emo pop. pop. Uh, like emo, yep. yeah. <laughs> it was Initial Purpose. Um, but yeah, that's where kind of like my voice sits. But I feel like as I got older, I kind of grew out of the rock stuff. I still listen to it here and there. Like actually earlier, I was listening to Hot Hot Heat. And I was like, damn, this is a good, <laughs> oh, good album. But I think my stuff now is kind of like acoustic R&B or acoustic pop. Mm, okay. Um, I prefer that kind of tone. So I I kind of sound more, if you ever check it out, Leroy Sanchez. Oh, is like, he's... Ne- Dope. That's kind of like where I sit at. I'm not as gorgeous or as extremely <laughs> talented as he is, but I try to be. And that that's my that's my training. That's my goal is to be like, okay, I can be the, the American Leroy Sanchez. The American Leroy Sanchez. Because he's like Spanish. I think he's yeah, Spanish. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Damn. So, I mean, I'm, I'm part Spanish. And <laughs> I can try to be as Leroy as I can be. But yeah, you'll see a video come soon. That's tight. Yeah. On uh, the previous podcast solo podcast i said if i wasn't uh dancing i might be singing instead but but i never trained singing is just something i thought like it's another kind of performance art that i would like i would like to even eventually pursue it would be more like filipino it's in your blood (laughs) just do karaoke (laughs) yeah you just need like a random background of like cows or something (laughs) or seriously yeah or yeah i would be doing either same thing with the acoustic pop or or folk okay Uh, yeah because i like more the acoustic music for me it's just it's soothing for the soul but yeah that's so if this video does well because it's probably not because i'm gonna get a whole bunch of fake accounts and shit on it and dislike <laughs> so, <laughs> if, uh, but anyways if it does well would you be doing more do you see yourself doing more or uh, or even more yeah. to do creating more music or originals yeah and it's funny it's funny they say that because when i was younger i used to write songs all the time and then i just stopped like i said i started pursuing dance really hard so i was thinking about that so i definitely want to get more kind of feel of like do people like me singing or am i just like a dying cat in the background that I'm like, maybe I sound good. And it's just like, like I don't know. Do you think uh, it's <laughs> like, it's like false, like support. Like it, your friends are only saying it's good, but like yes. uh, the rest of the, un- the internet that doesn't know you will see, they'll tell you the truth. Uh-huh. Cause you know, the internet don't lie. They're just like, look at that skinny, ugly fool. He can't even sing. He sounds oh. like fucking dying car. And I'm like, <laughs> I do sound like a car. Like, I don't know. So yeah, we'll see. And then eventually if that goes well, then yeah, maybe I'll get inspired to, to start writing again. But I mean, at some point I'm going to have to because dance, as I'm getting older, dance isn't always going to be an option. So that'll be a nice little outlet for me. Would that be once your body, I guess, disagrees with dancing, would, <laughs> aside from the singing, what would you be doing? Like to stay, would you still be involved with dance or would you be like, peace, I did my thing. I'm a, you know. <laughs> no, no. Um, I stick to my, to my brand, my hashtag in aspire to inspire. That was I feel like be a little bitch. <laughs> no, that's your hashtag. You stupid motherfucker. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, no, but, <laughs> no, I, uh, I definitely want to stay involved. I think it's, it makes a difference when you have like 
a mentor, right? So like, I would love to have my own studio. That's actually my end goal is to oh. own a dance studio and to really be involved and not just like, oh, it's my studio. I own the building. Bye. <laughs> like, I actually want to uh. be like involved, you know, with like the dancers and like, I really want to get back to training like kids again, training teens. Cause that was like where I grew up. I trained teens for eight years. So I want to get back to that and really kind of inspiring uh, the youth to just be dude better dude. That I think is probably one of the best, like the most undervalued positions as a dancer. Yeah. You're making such a huge impact. Cause that last week I did an podcast with old junior students that I had. They're like Dope. 13 and 16 and they told like and now they're like 23 and 26 Mm -hmm. so like that was a mind-blowing interview saying like sharing their perspective of what it was like how the lessons we taught them yeah and how they implemented to growing up and like that just to me means like because i love teaching kids there's a fulfilling aspect to it even though you don't get paid for it totally so totally and then because you plant these seeds that you see, like, I mean, because we're we're in the industry still, we're still in, in the community, you see them and you see them grow. Like yesterday, I'm not even going to lie. Yesterday, one of my kids who actually was one of my, like, most struggling kids, like, he struggled so much. <laughs> he sent me a video yesterday of him on a music video set in New York. Whoa. And he was just like, my kids used to always call me mama. Uh-huh. So he was like, mama, look. And I saw a video and I was like, and I saw him kind of like freestyling and he's so timid in the beginning. He was just kind of like, no, I'm not that good. And he wasn't, but uh, he got better. And watching him on set, you know, in New York yesterday, I was just kind of like, my kids still keep in contact. Whenever they do things, they're just like, mama, look. And when I say mama, they're like in their 20s now. Like, you know, and I'm just like, I'm so proud like that they still feel connected and kind of just be like, look what you've done. You know, look yeah. what, what you've done with me or look how, how my training that I got from you has got me, you know? So I, I love it. It's yeah. amazing. It's fucking cool, man. Cause we see, cause you know, kids think differently and we see their evolution of like, you're small, but you also <laughs> needed a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, seriously, a lot. And, and then now seeing them as adults, it's like, cause now it's like, you don't have to, tailor your way of talking you can be a little bit more casual oh i was always casual with my kids (laughs) so i think i was too actually i just had to be mindful of the parents when they were around (laughs) Nah, my parents the parents of my kids they knew me i was just like look look a little shits we're gonna do this this, and that and everybody (laughs) would be like did you just say little shits to your kids yeah and that one right there is a little shit lit because he's smaller (laughs) they're just like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man i would have gone fired so quick <laughs> studio. so especially i don't did you ever work at okay bleep this for later but did you ever work at no i mean i taught a class there, but i never worked there okay place was they were very strict in our in, the, in terms of their code of conduct so uh, yeah and we were called out <laughs> yeah and then i was just one time i got in trouble because i played tupac hit him up <laughs> during a fan biz rehearsal but there were kids still outside <laughs> and the parents I mean, got so pissed <laughs> it's my it's my rehearsal i don't give a shit what the hell? oh yeah oh god tell me about why well, you're a terrible dancer no <laughs> for your i'd say professional dance career okay don't give me that fucking look <laughs> so what did you or initially imagine when you started 
pursuing dance, like, you know, music videos and all this stuff. Like, what was your original vision or dream? And then I think you told me the shift already that things that happened. So I guess we'll just stick with that. What was your original dream? My original dream was to backup dance for major artists. And quickly, (laughs) I realized I'm not that tall. I'm not that sexy or buff. It's not going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a thing. And I think when it comes to the industry, like you have to have tough skin because you're going to get way more no's than you are going to get yeses. So it's always going to be your to this. You're too short. You're too thin. You're too dark. You're too fast for the the music. It's going to be a little slower. You're too whatever it is, or you look too much like that guy. So we can only have one of that guy and you're the second one. So we can't, you know, it's always going to be something. So I feel like the idea of no has to be something that you're ready for. So I I, kind of grew into that of like, okay, what I did realize was I was keeping up with the people who were getting picked. Mm. So that's where the switch started to happen of like, okay, I might not get booked for this job, but I'm definitely not the people who got cut in the first round. So Mm. I'm better than that, you know? And then when I got to the second round, third round, sometimes even the final round, I'm like, okay, so there's something here because I wouldn't just be shitty and be here, you know? And then I started going towards things more where it wasn't like, you know, you have to be big and buff. It was just kind of like performance things or like TV things. Like I did a a TV pilot where I had to just play a dancer uh, and I kind of freestyle dance or when it came to like street styles, a lot of street styles, the industry dancers didn't quite know, but community dancers do. So things like that were, they wanted a little bit more street looking, a little more urban or things like that. And street. What it, you know how I like it, baby, straight, straight. <laughs> so when it came to stuff like that, like I was doing better. So I think that played my role and I kind of found the niche of like, okay, that's what I can do. I typically look younger than my age. So when it came to, I am not 40, you (laughs) asshole. (laughs) When it came to booking jobs for like younger things where I had to play like a, an 18 year old or play like a 21 year old, I was like, I can do those because I I have the body in the shape of a young or younger guy. So sure. That's why I was like, send me to Disney stuff, send me to whatever. Like those of you who remember old school, Ashley Tisdale. (laughs) Yeah. Getting casted for that stuff, getting casted for like things like that made sense for my look. So again, I just kind of found my niche and was like, what am I good at? I know that I, I'm not six foot two muscle bound model. So what can I do? And then I just banked off of that. And I think that's just kind of been what, what I focused on the rest of my, even till today, just kind of like, what do I have to offer that I know that they don't. In terms of getting gigs, how much would you have, like how important would you say is networking a lot and not just auditioning lord networking unfortunately is (laughs) a large part of it which is kind of annoying because a lot of these times these choreographers or agencies or casting directors already know who they want to book but for formality they have to have an audition but that's what's the irritating part is that like I, I kind of got irritated auditioning for a lot of a lot of agencies because agencies, you'll be number one of like 500 people for the day. 
and then you see who they choose and then they only chose like three asian girls and you're like and they all look alike and you're just like clearly you were looking for yep. an asian girl that looked like this so then why say you want anybody because you just wasted everybody's time mm. so i feel like that was definitely a thing when it comes to getting used to that aspect but then also connections because great dancers become well sometimes great dancers become great choreographers yeah true and if you audition with people or you become friends with people and then they're a choreographer now they're like yo i remember you you were dope less i mean that's a lot of my jobs as i got older is because i i knew the choreographer and they're just like yo you can totally keep up with us like yeah i'm booking you like you have to you can come to the audition because we have to come to the audition but i'm gonna book you you know so it came to things like that where it is who you know not only casting directors but like i said people become bigger bigger things and it only takes one job to to get started on something That's you know true. so it may be a small project that they're choreographing now but next year they might be a music artist it may be you know uh, a tv show it may who knows yeah i like that you said you need one net one yes because it's like <laughs> this it's really just it's a numbers game you're gonna get them like you can get a hundred no's but one yes could be you know can be the thing that starts the momentum or or could be a life-changing thing but this yep. isn't like basketball where percentages matter it's just <laughs> like, or like or anything like that in anything for success it's like you it, you just got to keep shooting your shot until you just make it and then you get better and then you get better and then you get better and then even when it comes to that too, like even if it's just one job, that's one job that you can put on your resume. Oh yeah. Because somebody may have like 10 jobs that are just kind of like, oh, I did, you know, my street festival that's on my block and I did it 10 times and you're just kind of like, okay. Or you can just say, yeah, well, one time I worked with, you know, Kylie Minogue and they're like, oh, Kylie Minogue, oh, this guy's got to be good. Okay, let's see who what he can do. You know, then your, your credibility is more when you have larger things under your belt on your resume. So what about pursuing dance or being a dancer surprises you the most? Surprises me the most. I can still do it. That surprises me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> my, my body, my joints. <laughs> uh, the fact that I can still do it, the fact that I'm still booking things, I'm like, really? Last year or no, I would say actually, no, it wasn't last year. I think it was like two and a half years ago. I booked a pop star and my opposite was 19. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was like, yo, my opposite is 19. What the, like, what the fuck? So that shocks me. But then it also shocks me on how things change, styles change, dances mm, change. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> gotta trends. Got to hit that whoa. Yeah. Like what? I'm like, okay, so what's the whoa here? Okay. What what is this? What is, is your, this? Is your choreography like, even relevant? <laughs> exactly. No, that's that's sort of the thing. So you have to be relevant because I mean, things change, times change, styles change. So are you gonna change with it? Or if you're a really good dancer, then the things that you do are timeless. Mm. You know, because there, there's some old school videos that I watch from like 2005, 2006. And I'm like, that would smoke any performance that I see today, you know? So it's like, there's some dance things and styles that are just timeless. And that's when you can tell you're a real dancer because speaking of real dancers, let me touch on this topic. <laughs> okay. Take them to church. 
Dear TikTok people who can move, I'm as you listen. I'm not calling you a dancer. TikTok people who can move. So if Trump bans TikTok, your career is gone. You're no longer a dancer. <laughs> like it's so irritating. Like all of these moves, everything's really basic. Everything's super basic. Like I'm just like, what? Like since when did that make you a credible dancer? Like that is not like if you did that in a freestyle circle. That wouldn't even get props. People would just be like, <laughs> interesting. Like nobody would even be like, oh shit, did you see that arm thing you did? Like, no. Everybody would just be like, what are you, what? So no, that is, that's not, you're not a dancer. That's, that's, you can move. You can move. You can keep a beat. Good job. But dancer, you are not. Now there are some dancers who post videos on TikTok. That's a different thing. So there's a difference between people who dance on TikTok and people who are dancers that post a video on TikTok. That's there's true. a difference. It's very similar to like how when fanbase would do locking and the street styles, uh-huh. dancers who are doing breaking moves or dancers yes. who are doing locking moves, yes. and then there's actual b boys and actual lockers. Yes. So there's absolutely a, there's so context and it really plays into it. Absolutely. It's like the only reason we're breaking for fan biz is because we needed it we're competing with it same mm-hmm. thing with some people on tiktok the only reason they're on tiktok some people are just because you know i have a social media company it is a great it's been one hell of a platform for it to be on it's probably the most self-expressive platform because there is no have to be naked kind of <laughs> requirement like an <in> instagram mm-hmm. <laughs> i think the expression is a much more broad Versus yeah. Instagram, but as a dancer, like it is kind of cringy, but I also yes. like also like I'm coming at this from so many perspectives as someone who, you know, this kind of self expression didn't exist when we were kids, and you were called you're called gay or fa or fag for dancing. I like that it's kind of a platform for all genders and sexes to be expressive. So it's like there's sure. but you know in terms of like. Now, in the context of dancer, there's a higher higher bar <laughs> <laughs> than just learning how to do the fucking renegade or uh, savage all that shit. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> that damn song was like nails on a chalkboard for me because I'm like I liked the song, but all I pictured and every time I heard it would now I'm a savage, yeah, messy, bougie, rich. I'm just like, <laughs> I, it's like burned in my head. Like every time now, I'm just like, stop, just stop the song. It's it, irritating. It, I almost feel like it borderlines choreography. Borderlines? <laughs> it is choreography. What the heck? Like all okay. of this shit is choreography. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll be, I guess I'm being nice on that. Oh, this one. What advice would you give to your younger self? Ooh. And don't hmm. become friends with Emroy. <laughs> <laughs> Run away. Work out more when you're younger. <laughs> <laughs> Grow taller. <laughs> Grow taller and work Hang out on. more so you can book better <laughs> jobs. Lord. Honestly, I'm all about experience. So I would say nothing. I don't regret anything. So I never say, oh, I want to change this. Because I'm just like, no. Like everything happens for a reason. Mm. And I mean, my biggest thing is there's always a lesson and everything there's a lesson. Sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good, but it shapes you to who you are. And I feel like everything that I did in my life has shaped me 
really to be like who I am and what I am and what I stand for and what inspires other people. So I'm just like seeing the inspiration that other people have gotten from me and me kind of just kind of seeing how, uh, what I can do for myself. I'm just like, you know what? I did that. And I did that because of me, you know, Mm. because of the things that's happened to me, because of what was told to me, what was done to me, what was, you know, a barrier in my life. What's still a barrier in my life? Like everything is helping me. Hmm. I think you're the first to actually like, just say like, oh, let's keep it all the same. Yeah, no, keep it the same, man. Yeah, probably because I'm just kidding. I'm not going to fuck it up with something. Don't, don't. <laughs> don't fuck it up. All right, keep so. positive. <laughs> I'm going to throw uh, 10 rapid fire questions. This is a rapid fire segment. Uh, this is what we do towards the end of the show. What, what color is your toothbrush? White and green. White and green. Are you a morning or a night person? Night. Night? No, that's so fucking true. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a morning person. I hate morning. I'm just like grumpy, like, oh, no, shut up. Um, who have you met that you wish you hadn't? Oof, nothing. Remember, it, it, it sticks to all my, what I just said. I don't regret anything. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, is how you know he's a liar. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> what would you do on Mars for fun? On Mars for fun? Search for aliens. What foods do you dislike? Fettuccine. And yeah, mainly fettuccine and eggs. I don't really like eggs too much. My heart. <laughs> <laughs> weapon of choice. Oh, weapon of choice. Ugh, crossbow. Ooh. Where would you want to retire? Oh, Spain. Ooh, that's a good spot. How do you define happiness? It's somewhere between too much and too little. Oh, like that one. Your greatest failure. Greatest failure. I feel like these aren't even rapid fire questions anymore. <laughs> right? Now this is like a, some in-depth shit over here. Greatest failure. Our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> cheating. Cheating and dealing with a toxic relationship. Mm. Than I, longer than I should have. Mm, that, that that resonates with a lot of people here. Favorite memory? That's the last question. Favorite memory? Oh, favorite, but it's kind of like oh, sentimental. My grandparents were like super in love with each other. They were married for like sixty-five years. Wow! Um, seriously, that's yeah, crazy. So my grandpa was very quiet. He's a very quiet guy. Once in a while, he would crack a joke, but my grandma was the very kind of loud, laughing, loving person. Oh, wow. So when she when she died, my grandpa was, he used to always sing a song to her. And I was like, wow. So the song before she died, he would sing to her was, um, it's a song in Spanish called Hasta la Tumba, mm-hmm. which means like, until the tomb, until you die. So he used to sing it to her all the time. And then she died. And then he would still sing it to her. And he was getting old. He was like 80, no, 90 something before he died. So one day we were talking and he had a lot of dementia. He couldn't remember a lot of things. But one day I was like, Grandpa, what's the song you used to sing for Grandma? And he remembered that song and he sang it to her. Like he like sang it to the heavens, like to her. And I was just like, I just got chills. Yeah, like he was just, and he sang it to her and, and he wasn't even sad. He wasn't even like, my wife is gone. Like he was just like, he truly believed the song like until death like i'll see you i'll see you soon until death you know and 
it was crazy. So that's one of the my favorite memories is like him singing my little old 90, I think he was 92 or 93, like year old grandpa that was like singing his love song to his wife that he had for 65 years. That's fucking wow. That's cool. Yeah. That's like that. fucking the notebook kind of shit. Seriously, I was just like, <laughs> and I was like trying to keep cool because I don't want to trigger any kind of dementia stuff. So I was just like, okay, wow, I'll be right back. Grab, I want to go outside. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, yeah, damn. All right, so last two questions. What's up? What do you think your eighty-year-old self would say to you now? Eighty-year-old self would say to me now, keep going keep going it gets better hmm all right you ready for the last question yeah all right what i don't even know if i should ask it Uh oh no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just trying <laughs> to you. just try to get the audience to be like you know <gasps> what is it well they know the question already because assuming they've been listening what do you what do you want people to say about you when you're gone i guess it kind of sticks to like i said what i want what i live for like, like that i was always kind of encouraging positive and inspiring and anything I do to any, any person. Like I, I want to be known for being that person that anyone can go to that kind of created this culture of positivity and um, encouragement. Mm. That's it. Where can people find you online? Just talk to you. Send you you can find me on TikTok. Facebook as Brandon Bersiaga. Or you can find me on Instagram at this little link right here. So it's uh, D as in dog, B as in boy, L, the number zero, Brandon, double O, Brandon. Yep. It, it does not stand for Diablo Brandon. Which no. Is, which is what I thought for the longest time. But that would be kind of cool. Diablo Brandon. I like that. Because no, the, go, the goatee. O, so I was like, oh, like the devil, <laughs> Diablo. <laughs> You should one day for Halloween just be dressed as your Instagram handle. <laughs> Wait, that's good what, marketing. What, what are you supposed to be? My Instagram handle? On my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <Diablo. me. laughs> <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you give Brandon some love and support. Give him a follow. Uh, all the links are going to be in the description down below. With that, we appreciate you guys for listening. If you like this video or podcast, make sure you hit like, subscribe, share this with friends who you think might find it beneficial or even entertaining. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> and... Uh, that's it. Have an amazing day, night, week, month, rest of the year. Survive it. Put on your mask. Go vote. And we'll see you guys later Hello. on. See you in the next episode. And we'll see you soon. Peace. Bye. Uh.